I think my old set, my saddle was worn out, but I decided I wanted to switch saddles to try a cutout. Long story short, I tried a bunch of different saddles. Well, like two or three, hated a couple. And then I started, when I got back here, my like hip flexor was getting like tired. It was just not, not didn't hurt. Wasn't, there wasn't an injury, but I was like, it just felt like tired, like two or three hours into a ride. Then I started thinking some of my tertiary lifts fell off. I stopped doing lunges because I was too into like trying to lift heavy as much as possible because now I'm only in the gym twice a week. So I took some of that stuff out. I was adding in leg press and I'm like, I think I'm lifting too much heavy now. I had stopped doing Cossack squats. Um, and so I started varying things up and now I'm getting to like hour three and I'm not even noticing my hip, hip flexor. And I think there was something from lifting so heavy. It was more my um, gluteus medius. So not, it's the one up top in the back there. I think it was super tight and I just didn't notice it. So reason I'm bringing all that up is it's just the little tertiary lifts, just a little bit extra of those helped more than the big heavy weight. So maybe that's the same way as you don't need to do the isolating. You're going to get enough from all the other things that you're doing. Just, you know, keep it in the routine, but it doesn't have to be every single time that you're doing lift X, Y, and Z. Um, that's the way I would go with it without beating this to death. But um, what do you think? No, I think this is good. I think that we're kind of saying the same thing. Yeah. I was just, I don't know if you're going to be like, bro, like you got to go heavy, go heavy, whatever you can do as much as you can. Dude, um, the, yeah, no. So I think what I, and this is why I almost would post this. I think heavy and if you think, if you zoom out and you think of like base building and we weren't working together then, but base building and doing like my five blocks to racing thing that I put out as you're doing a lot of this endurance stuff and strength, I think big weight is super important. I think you're, you're making a ton of strength gains then. And it also, an athlete gets, gets that tired feeling that, that we all enjoy. Like we worked out, you're not really working out super hard when you're doing base miles. It's building, building, building. And so I think you're in the gym two to three times a week. You're lifting heavy. You've got still heavy weight on T2 lifts. When it gets to race season, and this is why I almost feel like I need to post this addendum, I still lift heavy, but I think the tertiary lifts become more important because now you're putting more effort in on the bike. You're pedaling more. You're pedaling harder. You're pedaling more often. Group rides come in. Races come in. The intensity is up. I think big weight is great for the hormonal benefits for like that maximal strength, but I think all the tertiary lifts, the 10 rep stuff that I was taking out, is what keeps you going through all the hard efforts, the, you know, three hard rides during the week. You know, we all want to be Superman. And when we step back and like, damn, I did like nine brutal workouts or races or rides in the past three weeks. I mean, show that to a normal human being. They wouldn't be able to complete what we're doing, let alone, you know, we forget how hard we're pushing our bodies. And I think it's all those little things more so than the big weight. So I'm glad you brought, it's definitely not bro lift heavy. Um, I think that more got me into trouble. And so, um, yeah. And if I do pose this, James, no. shout out, this is for you. I'm thinking of you right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, this is good, man. And, and also it's like um, having that variety there. Like, I think 
I like doing the different things, you know, like it makes it exciting every time. Like I look forward to those sessions. And if I'm doing the same thing over and over, it just, it becomes like stale after a while. Dude, it becomes stale. Variety in life, like in outside of cycling, lifting, everything. Um, we are creatures of habit. And I think that's when we get like the dullest and the least excited and in ruts. And I think physically, there's something about you go and, oh, it's Tuesday. I go do A, B, C, D, E, and F every week. Something's just not right. About, we wouldn't do that on the bike. Why are we doing that in the gym? Yeah. You know? And, dude, I did a couple Cossack squats. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's a slightly different than a lateral lunge. Google it. Man, something, okay. like, popped in my head. Something was like, ah. And I was like, ooh, haven't, have clearly neglected this. Um, my inner thigh okay. was super tight. But it's go slow the first time you do one it's like because i'm like oh that's not that hard like whoa this is tight so but it's a good one it's a it's actually now what i'm doing to warm up i'm doing i get there i do some stuff with a bar just like quick squats overhead press and then i do some lunges with a 25 pound and then some uh cossack squats and then i go into my squat or my deadlift and i was doing lunges that's why i stopped i was doing lunges with like 50s maybe and i think it was just too much weight for me um but anyways so yeah what else are you thinking no i think it's one of those things i know you always say like you know don't get caught up in the tree you see the forest and like i think it's one of those things where i'm getting caught up on individual sessions where see the see the big picture it's great to look micro it's great to look super deep at workouts but at the end of the day like Go back to, I need to make this methodology video. Go variation. Like, can I do this over and over again? And that I'm thinking to myself now, like doing the same five exercises every Tuesday, that is dumb as hell. And so that's why I'm, yeah. it's really, there are a lot of cycling coaches that will not touch this topic. Uh, they're like, there's no way for us to like meter it. It's, we don't know what you're doing. Are you doing it right? Da, da, da. And so the way I look at it is, okay, all the more reason that we need to help athletes do this. It's really difficult though. This is the conversation where we spent 13 minutes on this right now. I'm talking about extending from one exercise. I'm starting to put in there, depending on the athlete level, but guiding with the program. And I, and I really got to, I'm trying to get someone who does like digital graphics to put this together, the GZCLP more into like the cycling version of it. But then distilling down, how do we do lifting from base to lifting to like as races start and then into racing? And now I'm putting for a lot of people like, okay, you've been lifting in the gym, do stuff that's varied, get in there once a week. Even if you're racing, get in once a week. And then if you don't have a race, get in twice a week. Um, you know, we're, it, the way I look at it is if I'm trying to progress past 200 pounds for something, if I don't, and I still go lift 200 pounds, that's pretty damn awesome. Like that's a lot of weight. It's achieving what I need as a cyclist. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my word on that. Let's see. And, and another, this kind of like bridges the gap into like a coaching question, but like for myself and some of the guys I'm working with, um, say like it's like a travel day or like the schedule gets mixed up and they're like, Oh, I could like knock out. I could, I could lift an extra day and maybe it's back to back lifting or maybe it doesn't fall great like into the schedule. Mm -hmm. what do you, what would you advise that? It's like, I can't ride, but I could do this. I would say do light, like tertiary stuff, body weight stuff, make that a high rep day. I don't think that the gain, I, 
I'm not a fan of it because we're not like bodybuilders. We're cyclists that are lifting a couple times a week. So now we're jamming two things in and it's not like, I don't think it'd be bad. I think they could do it. If they're about to go travel, guess what? You can do some of the stuff at your house, take 30 minutes, blast out the core. How, are you, I don't know if you're doing arrow fit, but if you're going to, you know, um, like doing a Leadville or doing every, anything at elevation or even just do these, some of these long races, arrow fit is a game changer. Have them do extra arrow fit. Have, so I put in here, so we're getting through the lactate clearance work. It's great. You're starting to rev the VO2 max a little bit, like really low level, right? But for you, that's good too, because you have done so much sweet spot. That's like, we just want to get you away from that for the majority of stuff. Um, and do a VO2 max workout. This is really good. See how these go. These are really good for FTP because it's, it's doing that, working that equation, create lactate and clear it, make sure that you can do both. And you know, this one's a little bit longer than the one on tomorrow. Today's one. Yeah. Tomorrow. Um, this one spikes a little bit higher, just variation, similar idea, but a varied way of doing it. And then doing some of these VO2 max workouts, you know, just getting things going. Um, it's not like we're totally crushing you with four workouts right out of the gate. And they're super fun. These ones are like phenomenal for road racing. Most people get a ton of time at VO2 max here. And so we get through those and congrats, early congrats. That's super exciting. You're getting married. So that will be a good time to start the regen week. Um, I realize you'll have your bike. They're not super long rides. Let's knock those out. And then what I was thinking was, you know, because of the mountain biking and the fact that you really haven't done a ton of VO2 max, except for when you just do like a block before racing, you had said, Hey, that doesn't usually seem to get everything happening. If we're look, you have a bunch of races. So on the weekends, which is great. I think that either you're racing or we're doing a race sim and this is actually from Jason Hillemar. He wrote an article on these that he doesn't look brutal. Um, it's not going to be, it's how I think you might be starting at Whiteface because you're going to want, you know, you're going to win this thing and it's starting out with a super hard effort and then you're falling into, um, oh, okay. So that's what I want to explain to you. You're doing this from a dead stop. So that's why it says zero Watts. You're actually going to stop, do a dead stop, do 30 second banger right out of the gate. And then you're at VO two max for two minutes. And then it's at threshold for five. And then it's basically, if you can keep that going, go for it. But the 12 minute portion is like low threshold. Um, if you can go higher, go for it. And then you'll do it again. What he does with people that I think is a really good thing. If you don't have a race, not only this will be a, a fun exercise, but it's super, you know, uh, race specific to whiteface. Um, they just get each section gets longer and I'm not going to put one in here yet because you got a couple, you'll do races instead of that. Um, and we might sub this one out. I'm just not sure exactly yet. This is kind of how I usually do a taper into whiteface because you really want to start shedding the fatigue, but staying sharp. Um, doing a race, if you had one would have been fine on Saturday, but doing this sim and maybe a little bit of riding extra, probably not, uh, like exactly a week before 
and then just doing some openers and like a couple 10 minute efforts. And we can tweak this based on what makes you feel good. But I laid these two weeks out because then it shows us, okay, we got one, two, three. And if I'm scrolling too fast, just let me know. Uh, four weeks after your rest week, which I think you'll be fine to train through all four as opposed like don't need to throw a rest week in there. That's something we'll play by ear. But I think that'll be good for you is doing the race sims, VO2 max workout, because it's just not something that's in your toolbox all the time. And it's, I mean, it's, I think it's the best workout to do. It just, you can't do them all the time. And then have you ever done low cadence or like high torque stuff? Yes and no, like nothing like regularly, you know, just kind of like randomly here and there. Um, So that's the thing about that. And that's why I think most people don't do them. Um, I got onto them. I always liked doing them. I used to do them with Jason Hillemeyer and it was kind of one of those things we did them and then they went away. I always felt like as I progressed through them, you know, you're doing them just below threshold. You'll, I was finding that I would be riding them at threshold. Like it just made, you know, pushing 60 to 70 RPM, you're going really fast. It made my legs, you know, feel like super strong and powerful a couple of weeks after just doing them. But also for mountain biking, that high torque aspect of it, you know, starting out at 10 minute sessions, getting up and doing like maybe three by 20 or even four by 15. Also, since you're doing the higher torque, supposedly the signs of it is that you're, it basically simulates riding at a higher effort level than what you're actually doing. So you can ride at low threshold and it's really recruiting the muscle fibers as if you're riding it at threshold, which is why you can do so much time at it. I think being able to do that and a VO2 max workout and then have a race intensity, do that for a block and taper in. Like with the time we have, I think that would be a great tee you up for white face, see how those chips fall, go win that race. And then, dude, you got a ton of racing coming up before the next one in um, Tug Hill. And I think once we get through Whiteface, see where you're at. Let's see what WKO is telling us. Let's see what might be a weakness. What are the strains that come out from, you know, sometimes VO2 max workouts, you're either going to like excel at them or you might be like, dude, these are really difficult. And then it's like, great. We probably need to try different ones. We need to do more of them. And variation is going to come up again. Some people seem to get revved up and feel race ready based on like a three minute effort, hard start workouts. A lot of people do it just like, I don't know what it is, man. It's just people like, dude, I'm ready to go. Other people like longer stuff. Um, it also varies if you have athletes going indoors or outdoors, hopefully everyone's getting more outdoors now as the weather's turning. But so just as a coach thing too, I think, one of the best emails I'll send to people is just, Hey, how are you feeling? You will learn so much from that. We can plan and we can use WKO all we want, but it's like, how do you feel? Do you feel good? So I think we'll try some of these things and just, you know, we'll take notes. Like what seems to be working, what's not working. And it goes back to the barber um, analogy I gave you the first time. It's like, Hey, we're going in for the first haircut. I might not get your neck exactly like you like it. We might not trim the sideburns perfect, but we're like, hey, too short. Didn't like that, that, that tweak, 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 tweak. And that's, you know, that's training. So what do you think of that from a high level view? Um, 
And then as we lay out the actual workouts, we can like, if you're like, ah, I'm not really feeling, I don't know if I like that or whatever, we can talk about those more on the micro level, but big picture, how does that sound for getting us through towards, um, what is that? July 17th. Yeah. yeah something like that. Dude, yeah. that sounds great. That sounds perfect, man. It sounds like, yeah, I'm super stoked. I'm excited to, to continue on this. Yeah. I think because it's, you know, so we should go through the, you know what, dude, this is great, man. This is going to turn into a freaking podcast. Um, the methodology is consistency and execution. So macro and micro, can you consistently do the stuff and are you able to execute those workouts? So we'll, we'll find out about the execution. That's why you got to, got to be nimble, but it is stuff you can consistently do. It's not like we're saying, Hey, you're going to go do VO two max for six weeks and come out flying for white face. That just wouldn't be, um, wouldn't be realistic athlete and event specific. Can you see this or no? I'm a- um, yeah, yours was, I'm like scrolling on mine for some reason. There's like a delay on yours. Okay. But, but uh, is it this? But yeah, I can, yeah. Okay. Um, um, I just, do you I see, see you're like hovering over Friday, Saturday. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. No, you can't see this then. Okay, good. Cause it's my Apple note. And I just had some podcast guests that I don't want okay. other people to see. <laughs> um, Okay. So that's number one. Number two, athlete and event specific workouts, meaning is this specific to you, your weaknesses, your strengths? We're going to find out more of that as you get some of these better test numbers, but definitely event specific and definitely mountain bike um, and kind of gravel focused, which is our goal. And then switching to cross stuff later. Um, experience and science. So like, what have we learned on the bike and what do we know about the science of it? So like, yeah, why do we do VO two max workouts? Why would we do high torque workouts and why would we do a race sim? So it kind of checks that box variety and alternating stimulus. So we simply don't do the same thing over and over again and don't do the same blocks over and over again. Uh, progression and workload. So we didn't talk about progression because that'll be more micro, but definitely we'll progress through, the, I won't say that, uh, you know, actually this is a good point. So VO two max stuff. I don't always progress because are we trying to, if we're doing capacity, let's say repeats of something, then progression would be important that you're getting, you're able to do more each time. But I think with you right now, we're so new to what you respond to. The progression is more going to be like experimentation. We'll call it. Um, finding what works. We're going to look in WKO. Where do you get the most time at 85% VO2 max or more? Any hard workout is not going to be bad, quote unquote bad. Um, others just might be better and we'll learn that. Yeah, dude, I got, I got, co- well, I got, I got some coaching stuff. Um, but I got a, a few more things just that you, when we were talking, when you were talking about, about me for the VO2 stuff. Um, do you, I'm trying to do all the stuff I can outside. Would you recommend, I, I've been told in the past, like, oh, try to do the VO2 inside. Like, Nah, you're racing outside. Okay. I think that someone's going to argue that it's a more, um, so I think the argument is, correct me if I'm wrong, it's more controlled. So you're going to get more of the adaptive stimulus because you're inside. I'm going to say that if you are only doing these inside and especially for a roadie, sometimes people on the road, it's really hard for them to go super deep on the road because they're not used to going so damn fast. Like I send someone, great example, send someone out for a power dip test. And this isn't VO2 max, but it's a one minute effort. 
almost everyone's first super deep one minute effort. They're like, damn, ran out of road. Didn't realize how fast I was going to be going. Your brain, they've shown also, this is actually, I love one good thing about cycling is it's really good for us to move through space. All the stuff that we're calculating in our brain that we're not thinking of is a really apparently a healthy thing. Um, when an athlete is trying to go and do a four minute effort up a hill and they haven't done it except for inside because they want to get more of the physiological adaptation, you're going damn hard and really fast. And that feeling, sometimes people go too hard. And so like they fall apart at two minutes. And when you get, when you learn what fast feels over a certain duration up a climb, I think it really helps people pace in a bike race because now, you know, you're not like only going off. You shouldn't be looking. If you're trying to get away on a climb, you're not looking down at your watts. You're feeling, can I go a little bit harder? Can I not, am I going too hard? Like it's that internal moderator. And I, I think if people aren't doing intervals outside, you number, you lose that. Um, and just the moving through space at a really fast pace um, you know, if you encounter a roller, somehow a lot of times you figure out how to go faster. Like it's a bike race, figure out how to go faster, pedal, higher cadence. Like you might be running a gear, figure it out. Someone's chasing you go. So no, I, and I think that the gain last comment would be, I think the gain from it being super controlled just does not outweigh all the other things just mentioned. So I would go outside. Um, and it's all, if you have a hill, it's all eliminated. My problem is I'm like an, on roller land, which is super fun to ride on, but it's like even a 5411, there's times where I'm like, need more gear. So I try and avoid those roads or I go somewhere flat. Um, and that's even harder, I think, because it's really hard to put out consistent. It's harder to put out consistent power on the flats. But once you get good at it, I knew, I knew guys that could climb like crazy. They could not ride a bike on the flats. They would get dropped on the flats. So, yeah, go outside. For sure. Now, going to coaching, I have some guys now who are, like, transitioning to doing outdoor workouts. Mm -hmm. And they're not, like, they're not fighting, but they're just like, oh, I just don't think I can do this workout. Can we change it? Can the intervals be shorter? No. Like, do you kind of have some wiggle room there? Like, I'm just like, well, like, from listening to you, it's like time and zone. Like, if you have to hit a stoplight or if you get a whatever, a car pulls out in front of you, like – notice how much time you lost and just add that to the end. Um. Yeah, dude, they're, they're looking, we all want it to be perfect. You know, if you're supposed to hit X Watts and you hit X minus 10, the workout sucked and I failed and I did it. No, um, you're in the zone. You're getting the adaptation. You're, you know, you got to turn the bike at some corners and hope you might have to lay off the gas a little bit for a second. Now, if you're doing a, five minute test if you're doing a power test for metrics really try to find a place where it's uninterrupted so you get the data that we want if you live in a place where it's really hard to find 20 minutes like it just is what it is you know we can like guesstimate a little bit more but i i think that it's not like we're setting an ftp off a 20 minute test it's not like we're setting anything off of one ride so just as there's no one magic interval, there's no one ride that's going to be like, oh, dude, this totally changes our game plan now. It's like, no, it's, you know. So I would just remind them, like, I think the biggest thing is, hey, are you doing, unless they're only Zwift racing, 
then they should be riding outside. I'm, yeah, I'm just so adamant about that. Um, the other thing too that is not talked about as much, and I'm trying to remember who wrote this in a Zwift article. They're like, there's no way I would go as deep on the road because you're, you're, I have to watch for cars. I have to watch for other athletes. Da 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 da. Like when you put out numbers in Zwift, and I don't tell this to people. Uh, maybe I'll put this out there. Like I think one reason people are now starting to see new highs in power is, dude, you go can go in like the black zone. You don't have to pay attention to anything. You are just cr- you can look down and crank it out. That's super unsafe to do on the road. But if I could just like blah and like not pay attention to anything else. Yeah, I'm sure I can put probably get better watts than when I'm on a hill and making sure like a deer doesn't run out. Now, athlete A goes and sets that number. Now they start riding outside and they can't do that. And they're like, I suck. I'm bad. I'm failing. What's wrong? What's wrong with my power meter? I'm not, and they just get in their head. It's like, no, dude, it's just a different scenario. It's not perfectly, you're out in the real world now. So I think the more you're going to race in the real world, the more you want to train in the real world. We want to talk about yeah. event specific stuff. That's the big picture event specific. Go outside. Zwift is great when you can't go outside. When you can, I think you should. Um, so, yeah, that's the verbose answer. Sometimes I get on a dialogue, but it's, yeah, just tell them not to worry about it. Just be like, oh, don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal because it's not. It's not like, you know, that's my answer. No, I think you get, in your, you get in your mind that it's like black and white, that it's either, you know, a win or a loss, and that's not the case. Yes. Agree. Oh, taking a step back uh, for the races I have on my calendar, I wasn't going to do all of like, I'm cool doing them all, but it was like some of them I have as a question mark for you. I was like, should I do these and like do it as like a C race and just like send it and like, just try to go super deep. Um, Just cause it's, you know, it's in great racing is fun, you know? So I wouldn't say go super deep. I would say send it and try to win. We can do workouts. That's what some okay. people there, they, it gets confusing. It's winning is freaking really hard. Winning, figuring out how to read people and reading the race. Dude, I can send you on a workout that's going to be way harder than the bike race and that you're not going to be able to finish, right? Like we could make something just absolutely brutal and you'd be an hour and like, this is not possible. We can wreck you. That's not a problem. It's really hard to teach you how to win. It is like, it is all that sixth sense stuff. Now, are we going to send you there super fresh? No, but that's even better. You're at a little bit more of a disadvantage. Um, I think that is a great thing anyways, that a lot of people don't want to do. They, not only for the ego side of like, it's, I don't care who you are. It sucks when I go to a race tired and I lose to somebody or I'm not that great of a teammate or whatever. And like, you know, your teammates know if you're not like, hey, I'm not super fresh. Like, don't expect me to do anything crazy today. But like you get beat by somebody that you know you can beat. You're just like, oh. And there's like big picture, think big picture. It's all good. And I, you know, and that my own thing to you as a friend, not as a athlete or coach, I always hate when people are like, oh yeah, I'm racing tired. I'm training for so-and-so. It's like, dude, we don't need the asterisk. Like you're at the race, you're racing, right? Like I've beat dudes that are pro riders that I know they don't give a crap about that race. I'm still super pumped. I beat a pro. I'm like, yeah, I can't believe I beat so-and-so. <laughs> Who cares if he's in like weeks? you know, end of week three, totally trashed and rode to the race. I still beat him. <laughs> so I would say go try and win. And when you're tired, then you even have to think even more. You don't have 10 matches. You've got six and they might not be as good. And that sometimes happens on race day. You warm up and you're like, damn, 
this is not going to be a great day. I need to alter some things. So I would say go race. My only caveat to that is racing a lot. It takes a lot out of us and the season starts and people are like race, 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 race. I'm getting kind of tired of packing the car and racing it's time for the big event and they're sort of burned out in a weird way. Like they should be super amped and excited. So like for myself, I try to take one weekend off a month for sure. So if, if the race isn't super exciting and maybe this is cause I'm getting a little bit older, but it's like, nah, I probably don't need to drive three hours to do that race. When I, I know there's like a group here and I could do a five hour ride and I could do something with my husband after that day. And like, I get all these other things accomplished versus going to this race by myself or maybe driving to meet a teammate and all we're going to do is race and then head home. Like literally weigh the benefit of the race in your real life. You know, Hey, my future wife's out of town. No one's here. Yeah. I'm going to go to race. I have nothing else to do. Um, but racing is amazing. When I first started, dude, I was racing every weekend. I loved it. I was addicted to it. I didn't want to do anything else, but it, and I learned so much. So yeah, go race just as long as it's not wearing yeah. you down. I know that's, a, I got, I need to keep that in mind because I'm used to, when I was living in the city, I would ride to every race. It was in central park. It took me two minutes to get there. So now I'm packing the car and driving. So I'm going to have to see, maybe it will become too much, but I'll keep that, you know, feel it out. In, in I mean, check. everybody's different. I hate packing the car and mostly cause I'm like, I have a insane worry that I'm going to forget something. 